What's up, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of a Badass Dad. I'm your host, Josh Smith. I just want to thank you, everyone, for who's been listening. Uh, thank you for all the likes on Instagram and the Book of Faces. Uh, and thanks to everyone who's been sharing the podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I feel like we're doing some great things here, and uh, I just want to continue doing that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep asking. If you're a dad out there and you got a, you got a story or if you just got some cool shit you want to talk about, then uh, hit me up on uh, either Instagram at uh, Chronicles of a Badass Dad or at badassdad138 at gmail.com or anything, any, any, anything, any of the platforms that you can uh, message me on. Just hit me up and let me know what you want to talk about and let's see if we can do something. Um, you know, once again, it's, it's all greatly appreciated for everything that you guys have been doing for me. Uh, my next guest is. My jujitsu instructor, uh, black belt, uh, Bentolini, uh, TFS, Tolini Fighting System. Uh, if you don't know, then you better ask somebody, okay? Um, all we talk about is jujitsu, uh, you know, how we got into jujitsu, some of the benefits of jujitsu. And if you're a man and you're not doing jujitsu, you may not be an actual man. So just kidding. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. I hope you like the podcast and I look forward to bringing you guys some more. Thank you. What's up, Ben? We're recording. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be on. Yeah. Fancy, fancy. Fancy, fancy. So uh, I know who you are, and most of my guests, or most of my people listening to the podcast are probably going to know who you are, but why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself for all the idiots who don't know who you are. <laughs> all right. My name is Ben Talidi. Um, I'm a jiu-jitsu instructor at Taikai. <clears throat> I've been doing jiu-jitsu for about 14 years, and that's kind of how we hooked up. You came into Taikai, and we started doing jiu-jitsu together. <clears throat> that's... That's, That's about true. it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I take it you're from Syracuse. And yeah, I've been at Syracuse my whole life, basically. Um, went to college at UB, and yeah, man, nothing nothing too fancy as far as that goes. All right. You can't fuck this one up. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about your family? <laughs> All right. So I've got three kids and a beautiful wife. Um, I'm basically uh, a kept man. I'm basically a stay-at-home dad. Um, minus the jujitsu, which is fantastic. And I've got a six-year-old daughter and then twin daughters, uh, which are three, which are, uh, keep me busy. I bet. <laughs> so, uh, you're obviously my jujitsu instructor and that's probably what we're going to be talking about is jujitsu. <laughs> I'd hope uh, so. <laughs> but so, you know, why don't you just go ahead, like, kind of tell us what jujitsu is and like how you got into it. <clears throat> All right, so jiu-jitsu, um, in my opinion, is basically like, if you're going to go with like a pure martial art, it's kind of changed over the years because there's MMA now, which is probably overall better for self-defense. But when I got back into this, jiu-jitsu was like the thing for self-defense because like UFC was fairly new. That's kind of what made jiu-jitsu like popular. And um, yeah, it's, it's probably the most effective martial art that you can do for purely like a self-defense situation. Um <clears throat> Now, the reason why I got involved, um, it's kind of a long story. I'm going to go into a little bit of it. Um, it's kind of shitty because, um, like, as you know, we've talked before, I kind of – everybody kind of has, like, a shitty childhood. Mine was definitely a little bit more random and shitty than most. 
Um, but basically, uh, when I was 14, I was um, diagnosed with what's called thoracic outlet syndrome, which is basically they couldn't figure out what the fuck was wrong with me, but at least I had physical signs, so it wasn't all in my head. They could see that like, my arm was swelling up. Like, shit was super painful. Like, I ended up missing basically like a year of high school when I was in high school. So 14 at the time. Um, fast forward two years after that, and like, it literally like is the most defining day of my life. Like I got like, it was the worst day ever. So it's New Year's. I th- it's, I'm a little sketchy on the years, either 2002 or 2003, because it's fucking New Year's. I can't remember which fucking year it was. Um, but I was at home. Uh, I had come home uh, from my aunt and uncle's house because I had strep throat. Um, my grandmother had just got admitted uh, to the hospital for having a diabetic coma. So my mom pieces. She's going to go check on my grandma. And I get a call from my dad. Now, I've always been, like, super, super close with my dad. Um, and so this, like, kind of broadsided me. But he basically, like, confessed everything to me that he is a pedophile, been, like, raping my sister for, like, the last two years, had no idea. Um, and my sister was, like, 14 through 16 at the time this occurred. But she's, like, one of those chicks who looks like she's eight. Like, it was, like, just clearly ridiculous. Okay, so... He confesses everything to me. So I'm at home. I'm basically, I just turned 16, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, didn't know how to respond. <clears throat> and all I knew is, like, he called and told me he was sick and that he was going to confess everything to the cops, blah, 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 which he did end up doing. But at that point in time, I was like, damn, my fucking dad is crazy. Like, had some kind of mental break. I don't apparently know him like I thought I did. Just fucking nuts. Um, And so... It was at that time like super, super, super difficult for me to deal with. So I basically was like, I've got five and a half years from the time that he goes to prison to get myself in some kind of shape where if and when he comes around, because he's now crazy, that I can defend me and my family, essentially is what it came down to. And so the reason why I brought up the thoracic outlet syndrome is because I had basically been bedridden up until that point and was like completely like out of shape just nothing um so i started lifting like crazy i was stealing pain pills from my friends just so i could friends houses and stuff just so i could make it through the workouts um did that for about two two and a half years and then once i went off to college i was like all right i'm in good enough shape let's start doing stuff so that's how i got involved with ocs for the marines um, cause I was like, what better people to teach you how to defend yourself and kill somebody essentially. And, uh, and that's also how I got involved with jujitsu. And it just happened that, um, my mom's boyfriend somehow had like a hookup or new Ken Cronenberg. And that's how I ended up doing jujitsu, which is just super random, super random. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I started. And so for me, like jujitsu was like, I, I, and that's why, like, I always take jujitsu super serious. Like, for me, when I teach you guys, it's like, it's one of those weird things. Like, I know I shouldn't, but I do feel guilty that I didn't know that my dad was doing that to my sister. So, like, this is my way of, like, preparing you guys. If shit were to go down, like, I know you guys are all good. You guys are good to go. Like, it, it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of justify it that way. Right. Like that's why I've stuck with it, and that's why I take it so seriously. That's kind of why I'm an asshole about it a lot of the times. But, like, I'm not one of those people, like, so when people say, yeah, I do jujitsu to get in shape, like, I don't fucking understand that. 
Like it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. So well, to, you, to you, I guess it really was like a wet, like it was a self-defense thing. It, it was, uh, you're preparing for like the worst. I mean, yes, that's, that's insane. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's, it, it kind of make, it makes a little more sense now, like how you teach you <laughs> to us. Uh, because, you know, I, I was always, I was always curious. Cause like, you know, like I've been working with you for almost five years. Um, and like jujitsu, the way I look at it for you is it's almost your job. Like you're, you're there every day for noon class, uh, teaching, uh, sometimes you do other classes, but you're, you're teaching jujitsu almost every, like six days a week, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. it's like, you you never really, like, I mean, I, I've been doing jujitsu for almost four years. And I get tired of doing jujitsu all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, once, once, like three times a year, I want to quit jujitsu. I've had enough of it. <laughs> but you, on the other hand, like, I, there never seems to be a time when you don't want to do jujitsu and you're rolling, you know, by, by rolling. If anyone doesn't know about jujitsu, that's when we, like, we pretty much we spar. Uh, and you're doing that, you know, five to six days a week. Um, you're doing the same shit just about every single day as well. You know, your techniques yeah. are your technique. And it's just like, you never <laughs> seem to like get that bad attitude. Like I get where I, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Nah, well, and that's kind of like why I was bringing it back. Like the, this is kind of like me paying it back for having the shitty father essentially. Like, so for me, like it never gets old. Like if I wouldn't like, you know, I have the surgery coming up. Like if I could not do jujitsu, dude, I would die. Like it's, it's like, it's my only outlet. It's my main outlet. If I didn't have it, that'd be it for me. Like, I don't know what I would do. So it's, there is no getting sick of it. There's only just not being able to do it enough. (laughs) That makes sense. But so I've known you since you were a brown belt. I can't remember if you had stripes at the time, but like I was there pretty much a few years. Cause you only been a black belt for a year and a half, two years, I believe. So, yeah, I think too. Yeah, about that. Yeah, well, yeah. The four or five years I've known you, you were mostly a, a brown belt. At what point, like during like the, how many, how long you didn't train jujitsu again? Uh, fourteen going on. It'll be fifteen years relatively right. soon. All right, so fifteen years. We know why you started jujitsu. Um, when did it, like, because we all we, we all started jujitsu one time and it changes, you know, for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but when it, when did it go from being like that to like it becoming like like this was your way of life now? You know what I mean? Because it's kind of it's kind of weird, dude. It's so it's like because. So, so my senior year in college, uh, my father gets out of prison. My brother is a high-level wrestler. He was a uh, captain of the wrestling team. So we find out that my dad starts coming to his games. And so, like, I basically had, like, a fucking breakdown at college. I leave my last semester because I talked to my uh, Captain Levin. I talked to – I don't know if I can say his name on here, but I talked to my recruiter. He's like, bro, you need to go home, take care of your family. So I went home, um, and I had been doing exercise science, so I got certified in whatever credentials I needed for that, started doing that, and I was home basically taking care of the family and working as a personal trainer, but still doing jiu-jitsu. And so jiu-jitsu was always like kind of my side income, essentially. And then when I went back to school for respiratory therapy and my wife ended up getting pregnant, and we knew, hey, it's way cheaper for you to stay home with the kid and basically pick up clients and have a flexible schedule than it is for you to be a full-time respiratory therapist and pay for daycare. That's kind of when everything segued to jujitsu being more of like a full-time kind of gig. Okay. Now, when you when you started jujitsu, did you start because like was it like a sport to you, or was it strictly self-defense? Because I it was one hundred percent self-defense. Okay. But 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 the thing was is so so jujitsu's had like a it's changed quite a bit and it's had a couple of evolutions essentially. So back when I first started, essentially jujitsu was just MMA. Like if you were training jujitsu, everybody was fighting basically. Like there wasn't a big sport jujitsu scene. 
necessarily. Um, and then MMA, basically, it's hard to make money off of people who want to fight MMA because most of them aren't normal and don't have a lot of money, right? Or they're younger and not established or anything like that. So it's kind of it kind of made the segue. Sport jujitsu started to get bigger, I think, because of that. Because the Brazilians saw like, hey, there's a, just a better market for this, essentially. And then as jujitsu kind of went that way, it kind of went more sporty. But I've always been under the assumption, like, you can go if you're a blue belt winning tournaments, you can beat ninety nine percent of the population, anyways. Like it, it just like a wrestler, like a college wrestler, gonna beat the shit out of ninety nine percent of the the population. Like, so the self defense never kind of changed, but my focus kind of was like, hey, I don't have to direct all my attention to this negative aspect anymore, and right. I can kind of focus it more on this other positive aspect. So, so how long has like have you been doing like the sport part of jujitsu? Because I mean, it, it usually clicks for people. Like, I mean, everyone comes into jujitsu for a specific reason, whether it's for fitness. Uh, like, I came into it more as like I got out of the army. I needed something. You know, I need, I need, I needed that feeling of like you know doing something hard. Yep. And and I need, I need to feel like I was, uh, I, I was working hard for something. So I needed like I, I I'm a very goal oriented guy. If I don't have goals, or if I don't have Something that I have to that I that I struggle with. I'm like, a lazy piece of shit, basically. No, I, I, I become a fucking maniac. I'll start hitting the bottle. I'll hit the bottle really aggressive. You know, so I, I gotta have a reason to do good things. You know what I mean? To, yes. it, it's just the way I've always been. Like if I don't have like something to occupy my time or something to like dive into, um, I, I usually I'll start falling apart. So that's kind of like why I started getting into jujitsu. Is like, you know, and you know, and you know me, like I kind of went to like started competing like from day one. Yep. Um. What was it? What was it like for you? Was it just mainly just self? Like, when did you decide that you? you, know, you were... Probably after my first MMA fight. So okay. after my first MMA fight, for me, I kind of realized, hey, like I just don't like getting hit in the head. Like it's just it. I just was not for me. I. It was probably one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. I'm glad I did it, but it was one of those things like, hey, I'm not going to be the best in this. Why get hit in the head? Let's go the jujitsu route essentially. And that for me was kind of a big transition. And that was God, man. That was. When I posted uh, 10 years ago almost since yeah. my MMA fight. So a while since I've been focusing on the sport yeah. specifically anyways. I think uh, jiu-jitsu, because you know, obviously when you, when you first started, it, it was like a self-defense. We know there's a, you know, I, I want to say a big difference between sport and self, self-defense, but there is a difference. Like as For far sure. as, you know, the way you train, like, you know, you're, like I don't know how would I say it, like, it's not that we're doing things that are more like realistic for like, I mean, they'll still work if someone who doesn't know jujitsu, I can, you know, right. I, get, I get a hold of you. Like my sport jujitsu is still going to be effective if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. And, but- and if you've noticed, there's a specific way that we do sport jujitsu. Like we don't do a lot of like, like what people consider sport jujitsu for the most part. Like we don't do a lot of like De La Hiva or Baron Bolo and stuff because distance management is so much different with specific sport moves compared to like if it was a self-defense situation. Like if you're playing half butterfly guard or knee shield or something like that, overhooks and underhooks might be different, but like the main core concept of like frames and everything like that, that stays the same for self-defense versus sport anyway. And hence why we always talk about why have a sporty runaround game when we can have a grindy, slow, miserable kind of game. Right. Now, what made you decide to do that? Because obviously you started getting into sports jiu-jitsu and you started competing. Like, like what made you want it, like to keep like some of those elements from like, you know, the, the, the I guess just the self-defense portion. I mean, great. I know you've already said that you don't, that's your way of giving back, but like, we we do have a lot of competitors at our school, and we do have people who, you know. But your jujitsu is very, I mean, it, it, to me, I can utilize it in just in just about anywhere if I need to use it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we and we've talked about this obviously not on air, but I watch an enormous, enormous amount of competition footage a week. Like, if there's a tournament, like that's what I'm doing. Probably twenty hours a week is watching competition footage. So studying like different body movements and different mechanics of just general framing principles and everything like that. Like you, you basically have your two routes. You can go kind of the flashy, more movement type routes, or you can stick with a very grindy route. And in my opinion, like if you watched like ADCC and things like that, I, I think the grindy route is always going to be the most efficient route for jujitsu. That's the boring type. That's the, yes. Uh... <laughs> People don't like it, but like I remember when George St. Pierre was fighting MMA, be like, "Oh, he's such a wet blanket," and I'm sitting there like, "Yes, this is freaking fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go into like kind of like kind of like some of the uh, you know the benefits of jujitsu. I I, I kind of want to stay from like. Stay away from like some of the cliche, you know, yes. like things. I don't, I don't really believe in all that awesome shit and that, uh, <laughs> Good, you know, that I don't either. That, that flow, whatever. I don't really, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like you. I like the, the nitty gritty. I like, I like to roll hard. I like to, you know, be tested. Um, but just some of the benefits, like one of the benefits that I like, that I, that I like is the, uh, the confidence that, uh, jujitsu has given me. Um, and like, like I've always been like, a, you know, a ballsy, you know, al- alpha male type who thought I could fight and I've been in fights. Uh, like one of the things that I, that I can definitely see a difference between me now is that when I was younger, I talk a lot of shit and I'd get very, <laughs> I get very aggressive with my words. If that makes any sense. So if I was yeah. about, to, if, if I thought shit was about to go down, or, or whatever the potential that shit would go down, my my demeanor would change. I would get very aggressive with my mouth. I would start talking shit, and I would get like you're like the I, internet person in real life. <laughs> exactly, and you, could, and you could definitely tell that I was super fucking angry. And you know, I look back on it, and like the reason is because I, tech, I mean. Yeah, I would throw hands and things like that, but like the, r- the real reason I would get like that is because I absolutely had no yes. real confidence in my ability to fight. Because I didn't, yep. I mean, technically, t- I didn't know how to fight. My only chance was is that my my eyes closed when my fist going forward hits you in the face before. You're more <laughs> violent than the other guy, basically. Yeah, exactly. But now that you know, I've been I've been training jujitsu for like four years, and I, I, granted, I don't go to bars, I don't start fights, but I'm definitely in a lot of situations <laughs> with my job that were. I had to deal with, you know, a lot of, you know, punk ass bitches and <laughs> you know, pe- 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 people who I wish I could put my hands on, but I can't. Uh, but yeah. you know, the thing, the thing is, though, I, I can uh, de-escalate, or at least I attempt to de-escalate situations. And I, I don't really talk shit. I don't really like, like put fire or add fuel to the fire because, like now, like I know, like I'm 100% confident for mo- majority of time. Like, there's still some motherfuckers out there. I'm like, I don't know, Josh. Yeah. But but for the most part, they're like, if you don't train jujitsu. And you're not like a, a golden glove boxer or something like that. Like yep. more likely, I'm I'm going to uh, use my my shitty double leg. <laughs> put you and it's a shitty one. It's a, it's a horrible <laughs> double leg takedown. Any, any wrestler would cringe. But you know, I'm gonna put you down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass your weak ass guard. I'm gonna establish yep. mount, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you there until the cops show up or until the situation's safe. Or I could ch- whatever I want to do at that point. But you know, like it's it's changed the way like I act towards other people because I'm no longer like what do you call it? Just um, I, I'm not really afraid, or I'm not like like I have confidence that I can handle these situations without having to get super aggressive, or yes. without having to. Uh, you don't have to put on the show, essentially. Exactly, I don't have to fake it. And, and the other thing is too is like because we're in a smaller town, right, Syracuse. Like chances are, if you don't know the person, they probably don't train, so you have nothing to worry about, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny story. I was listening to uh, I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast, and Eddie Bravo was talking like, and one of his Eddie Bravo, you know, he's the the 10th planet jiu-jitsu yeah. guy trained a lot of mma fighters and he's saying that one of his guys was like driving down the road and like he got to like 
this road rage match with this other guy driving, and like, they're talking shit, and like they're like, "Pull over, motherfucker!" No, you pull over. They they pull over and they jump out and they they take their shirts off and they're all they're both jack covered in tattoos. They, and, and, they, and they and they and they go to engage each other, and then they're like, "Oh shit, you're, you train." And the other guy's like, oh, "You train too." And then like it went Pretty from like up, bro. It, it, yeah, it went from being like a fight to like next thing you know, they're like. They're like slapping hands and giving each other hugs. And now, you know, that, that's just how it is. Like when you know how to fight, you don't really want to fight. You no. definitely don't want, and you definitely don't want to tie up with someone who knows how to fight. Because you know, even you know, as long as I train, like I definitely know there's people out there that can hurt me. Because there's people yes. at my gym. There's, there's people in my gym that humble me on a daily basis. You know, and I thank God they're decent human beings. You know. <laughs> yeah, we always have guys like Jerry out there, and that's the other thing is you when you start training you. You learn that you can't judge people on looks because there's guys like Jerry out there, a 50-year-old kind of chubby dad Russian guy who could literally kill almost anyone with his bare hands if he wanted to. Like, oh. And you would never, if you look at him at a bar and that dude was messing with you or you were messing with him, you'd never think of anything like that. Never. Well, I mean, I remember like the first day I started at our gym at Taikai, like, you know, I, I was just fresh out of the Army back in 2015, and I know... I was doing CrossFit. I know you hate CrossFit, <laughs> but I was jacked. I was jacked. I had a six pack. I could I could squat over four hundred pounds. I could clean and jerk three hundred. I could snatch like, you know, just I, I was I was fucking fit. And I was tough. And I remember I, I got in there like the first person I went against. You know, you know the guy, Big Ed, but he, he's just a big guy, but he doesn't look like he was going to be athletic. Um, and I typed with him, and he and he doesn't really do much to me. He just throw, like he just puts me on my back, gets on top of me. And like he made me quit without actually doing anything, just <laughs> just with the pressure. And then yeah. you know, as soon as I got done with him, I went with you know Chris Roach, you know, big yeah, guy. Terrible you know. first day. I'm surprised you stuck with it. <laughs> I, no, it, it gets worse. Like because he did the same thing. He fucked me up. And then I did. Then I went with a guy named Logan. Yes, Logan's who's a savage. Small. You He's need small. to have Logan on here, by the way. Logan's a savage. Yeah, I would love to. But he was like, he was like what? I mean, like 160 pounds, yeah. 170. Yeah. I, I had him by like 45, or I had him about 45, 50 pounds, and he. Just and he's a nice guy. Like he slaps your hand, he bumps your fist, and it's like, okay, I'm athletic enough where I'll be able to hold my own. And I didn't. The motherfucker slammed, like he puts me on my back, chokes the shit out of me. Like I mean, just you know what I mean, like, but it's like you never know. And like it's 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 one of the things that you go you learn at jujitsu. You get, you get humble really quick, and you realize that yes. you know you better be nice to people, and you better <laughs> you know because there's people out there who can fucking kill you. Yes. Yes. And they don't look like they can, which is what makes it even scarier. But so, you know, that's one of the benefits that I got out of jujitsu. What are some of the ones that you think, especially for like, you know, the dads out there, like what are some of the benefits that you see in jujitsu and how it can improve someone's life? Yeah, I mean, just confidence, the self-defense, like just knowing, I think, because it's been a long time since I've studied up on this, but basically people can hold themselves and walk around like victims and they present like a certain um, air about them and people can read that especially predator type people right so if you are confident it projects a different message to these type people and that in itself can deter a lot of these situations um, and then obviously like all the other bs like obviously you're going to get in some kind of better shape because you're going to be basically having a heart attack for the first year that you're rolling and it's yeah and i think the camaraderie too like you really, like, all my friends now at this point, besides, like, a few of my high school buddies and stuff like that, I mean, all of my friends are jiu-jitsu friends. Like, it's a different kind of friendship that you can have when you can 
trust somebody to basically choke you unconscious and not kill you, or you could do the same to them. It, it's just a different kind of bond that you guys can get going at at a, any kind of grappling sport, essentially. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I kind of like how you talk about like the uh, the way you project yourself because like one of the things that. Like I don't have a lot of like I'm, I'm a paramedic and so I deal with a lot of scumbags yeah. in the city of Syracuse. Uh, in fact, I, I deal with all the scumbags in the city of Syracuse, <laughs> and, and they're, they're they're not short on supply of scumbags. Yes, uh, never. <laughs> but you know, but the thing is, like a lot of them don't really like. I hate to sound like I'm like try me like I'm a thug, you know. But like, a lot of them don't really um, they don't really come at me that the same way they do other people. Yes. And one of the main reasons is because yeah, I'm 200 pounds. I, you know, I look like I'm in good shape, and I look like I might fuck you up. Yep. Um, but and that is a big thing. It's like if you look, if someone if you if someone looks at you and you look like this one that, that they can take advantage of. That if you look weak, if you're, yep. you, know, you you don't walk around with your chest up, you look, you, you don't look confident. You know, it's just like in the in the animal kingdom, like you know the predators they don't go for the strong one. No, they because, sense that weak prey. Yeah, they look for that one who's sick. They look for that one who's slower than everyone else, or he can't. You know, just they look they look for the weak and that and then. And that's one of the things that jujitsu is it, it it builds you it, it makes you strong and I'm not talking about physically but just mentally too. I mean, if you do it right, if you do it right, like uh, you know, if you're just someone who just goes to class, there's some benefits to it. But if you're someone who actually, you know, drinks the Kool Aid, you yes. know, goes to class, you know, sits there and spars with the people, so you you know what it's like to get your ass whooped, and you know what it's like to like. I mean, honestly, when you, when you think about sparring, it's like. When you really think, look into it, like you're literally fighting for your life. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it's super it, intimidating it, for, for people too, starting off, like crazy intimidating. Yeah, I mean, for and, thirty, if, you, if you're in our class, a noon class, for thirty minutes every day, like you're fighting for your life. Like, I mean, when you get <laughs> tapped, when someone chokes you, the only reason you're alive is that they stop choking you. You know, or right. it, you know, if someone gets you in like a, you know an arm bar or whatever. Like, the only reason your shit's not broken and and you're and, and you're limp. <laughs> You know, it's because <laughs> someone was nice enough to let go when they, you know, so it's, it's, it could definitely, you know, the way people look at you, it'll change that because I like to say, I think confidence is everything, uh, you know, and all you do, like if you're confident, you're, you're always going to look better than the people who aren't confident. For sure. For sure. And that's kind of one of the other, because you kind of brought it up when you said like, if you're somebody who drinks the Kool-Aid, I do feel bad for people who do jujitsu, who cannot for whatever reason, just can't dedicate enough time to come in semi-regularly because I think unless you're coming in consistently at minimum of three days a week, minimum, like you're just not getting out of it what you need to get out of it. Oh yeah, for sure. But even guys like us, well, maybe about you, like you, you've been, you've been in it so long that, I mean, it really is your life, but like someone like me, like if I don't do jujitsu three times a week, if I, if I miss a week or I miss two sure, weeks, like for sure. I, I get sloppy. Yep. Um, and you know, and it's, it's, you have to, it's just one of the things, it's a cliche thing to say, but like you only get what you put into it. It's not that much into it. And like I say, you have to, in my opinion, for you to be effective, whether it's in a street confrontation or if it's at a a jujitsu tournament or anything like that, like if if you have to drink the Kool-Aid, you have to put yourself and you got to dedicate yourself to it, you know, to a certain point for you to be successful period, because anyone can teach someone how to do an arm bar and anyone can teach someone how to, uh, you know, do a a triangle show. Like those aren't hard moves. Like I've been, I've been learning stuff like that since I was 18 when I joined the military. But if you were to ask me to, you know, or not ask me, but if I was in a, you know, a fight or someone was trying to to, uh, do it, forget it. No, it's not happening. Cause even now, like I've been, 
I mean, in your class, and we've been doing arm bars, you know, every day, every day for like four or five years. And like, I have yet to really hit an arm bar. I mean, I'm sure I have hit arm bars on people, but it's like so few in between that I can't fucking remember uh, hitting someone arm bar. It's just like, you know, and if you don't train, if you don't come in, if you don't drink the Kool Aid, like you're you're not going to get someone an arm bar. Or you might, you might be lucky, but like, you know, it's you have to you have to be you have to dedicate yourself to it to a certain point for you actually get. Yeah. Well, that's why it's frustrating because, like, anybody who does this knows that. But then, like, let's bring up, like, military and police, for example. Like, you guys, everybody gets such a small, like, oh, you got your three weeks training, essentially, in that. And that should keep you prepared. And now you know what you're doing for literally the rest of your life. You might have to do a one-week review, like, once a year, like, if you're a cop. Like, that's absolutely insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's a waste I, of money for the – It's a, number one, that's a waste of money. You shouldn't even bother at that point. Just train them more with guns, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Or it just it's just – it's mind-blowing to me. It really is. Like when I look back, especially my military times, like we had like – we had to do a certain amount a year of like uh, of our martial arts programs, uh, yep. whether it was Marine Corps or Army. But it wasn't like something we were doing weekly. It wasn't like something we were doing you know, even monthly. It was like yep. – we get close to the end of the year, be like, oh shit, we haven't done our martial arts training. <laughs> and so for like, you know, for like, you know, three weeks, we'd be like, every day we go cram. Up, yeah, time to cram. <laughs> but it's just so weird. It's like, like all the other things are like, like shooting, for instance, like right. we go to the range all the time, right? Because we know if we don't fire our weapons, if we don't, you know, practice yep. our battle drills and things like that, we know we're not going to be that efficient in combat. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me because you think hand to hand combat would be a pretty important thing because, <laughs> yeah. because for one, we're not allowed to shoot everyone in the face, especially when I was in <laughs> Iraq and Afghanistan. I had, you know, like we would do these, uh, you know, we can't just go around shooting everyone in the face, you know? So That's, that blows my mind. I would have thought you would have been able to. That's crazy. No, no, but like, believe it or not, there's, there's actually rules in war. <laughs> At least the way we fight them now. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure we shot all the Nazis in the face, but it's like, these days, days, like, no, we, there's like, there's a time to shoot someone and there's a time not to. And Sark Smith, you better understand the difference. Goodness but, gracious. So ridiculous. But, you know, yeah, but even in law enforcement, like, you know, yes. this probably been talked about a million times. It's like, how many, how, I don't know how many videos, we, we always talk about this because yeah. we, we, you know, we do jujitsu, you know, weekly, but it's like, how many times you watch a cop absolutely fail himself, fail his yes. partners, and fail, and, and someone end up getting really hurt or even possibly killed because this person failed to understand how to, you know, perform hand to hand combat efficiently, you know, whether it's, Period. Like, I mean, just, just the thing. It doesn't they make sense. And, and think about like, if you, so that's one thing I've never been able to wrap my head around. Listen, anybody who wants to be a cop, more party, especially this day and age, is you're just going to get shit on by everybody, literally everybody. However, I can't imagine being a cop and not doing jujitsu because you are constantly going into situations where you would have to use jujitsu, have to. And your first reaction shouldn't be to draw your gun on people. I, it's just, I could not imagine being a cop with no training and how scared I would be with every single call I went to, no matter what it was. Like, well, I, well, I, I, I literally saw a video today, and like you know, you know, shooting someone is definitely one thing, but another thing that bothered me is just like, look, if I got, if you know, if I got to throw my fist, I will. But that's like <laughs> one of the things that jujitsu has taught me is that I don't have to. In fact, right. it's actually safer for me if I don't yes. try to throw my fist. If I do close that distance. Puss on the back and smother them like a wet yep. blanket until help arrives. For one, you know, when, no matter who you are, if you stay in the toe to toe with someone, there's a good Don't chance you can get. Not, yes. And then if you get knocked the fuck out, like he's not a cop and he he might not have those same principles of stopping. <laughs> but you know, I, I watched I watched a video today where the uh, you know the police officer got into this thing and like he just starts wailing on this guy's face and like look, I'm not saying the guy wasn't an asshole. Sure. I'm not saying the guy 
didn't deserve to get punched in the face. But what I am saying is that the public image of you, you know, for sure. punching, punching someone in the face over and over again while they're on the ground is bad for your image. Period. Yes. Uh, and but you know how easy would it have been because obviously the guy couldn't you know, defend himself. You beat the fuck right. out of him. But how like double leg, shitty double leg with. Sure. And and that's the thing is like I can't even put that so much on the cops because this is this is this is coming from the people who um basically set the rules. Like how are you not gonna just make it mandatory if you're a cop that you have to train, right? Yeah. Or that fucking no choke law for a for a long time. I'm glad that uh, I, I'm not super informed on it, but when Jay Wadsworth um came in and basically revamped a bunch of what the cops are allowed to do to people, that was fucking huge. I mean, they were basically following a kung fu manual before that was basically made up. Like it's so it comes down from basically a bunch of people like assemblymen or congressmen having absolutely no idea what they're saying or doing, and they're the ones that make all the rules for this kind of shit. And then these guys have to follow it, which is just crazy to me which is really weird because they take, they take away the, the no choke i understand like yeah you can kill someone with a choke if you hold a choke long enough to kill them but yeah how long do you have to do that that's like, forever you're gonna like, hold all, on to a all I know for is like that eight minutes six minutes that's i've been getting I've been, I've been getting choked for years now yes <laughs> yes I, nobody's died at Taika. I, I i haven't seen anyone die <laughs> but what i have seen though you know like especially you know as a paramedic are are people who hit their heads really hard yes uh yeah. They die sometimes, or yeah. they have uh, you know deficits that are going to affect them for the rest of their lives because they have a brain bleed from someone hitting them, and then their head bouncing off the pavement, and then that person hitting them repetitively. It's like, is that what you want your cop or whoever to do is yes. to beat the fuck, or do you want them to safely choke a motherfucker for eight yes. seconds, put him unconscious, get up, you know, whatever yeah. they, like, I guess no they broken jaw, no hit, like job. he wakes up with a stupid fucking look on his face. <laughs> Where am I? It was in my Where house. I, I thought. <laughs> and all you gotta do is say like, dude, you're in a better place now, you know. It's just... <laughs> but you know, I, I don't. I it, 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 my, it's mind-boggling that, like, especially for a police officer. For me, I, I, I kind of get it. Like, my job wanted to go down range was to the fight. We were going to war, right, uh, right, right? So you know, I get it. We should have more hand-to-hand training, but it as a police not be officer, as important, but yeah, police officers is guaranteed. Like that's guaranteed. where most of it should be. Especially now with like just the, the recent events in the last five okay. years, it's like you need to know how to fucking you know manipulate someone's body. To the point where you're safe and they're safe as well. Yep. But yeah, just jujitsu. the power of jujitsu. So, <laughs> what do you think? Like, dude, you've been doing jujitsu for almost a decade and a half. Like, you know, we all we know we know how you came into it. You know, for self defense, for you know all the shit going home in your family life, and then you know I know that you know, how much you love jujitsu and how important it is, but like, what are some of the things that have changed for you? Like personally over the 14 years, like how you view jujitsu, what jujitsu means to you. Um, you know, just something like that. Cause that I mean, it's a long time to be involved in one thing and you do it. And you've been doing it almost every day for 14 years. Yeah. So like when we were talking about before goals change a little bit, like, um, I would really, really like to produce a world champion. And I'm always heavy on competition anyways, because I do think it's the best way to get you guys prepared for real life situation anyways, or closest thing you can get. Um, but that I would probably say is the major change. Like I really, really enjoy bringing you guys to competition and coaching and things like that. And I would like, I, I really want to prove that my style of jujitsu is better than everyone else's because at the end of the day, I'm an arrogant asshole like that. And I'd like to produce, start producing world champions, essentially. <clears throat> and homegrown world champions. Not like these gyms where they're like, oh, we're getting this world-class purple belt and look at what we did with them. You didn't do shit. Like, you didn't do shit. Like, you got good training partners, fantastic. But you didn't make that guy. 
So. I'm sorry we failed you, Coach. Nah, you guys will get there. Listen, there's tons of Masters Worlds. We're going to be fucking dominating that Masters World. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the geriatric pro team. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, as a father, like, like so, so just, you know, you know my son, Theo. I bring him to jiu-jitsu every yes. day. But, like, you also knew when I first started jiu-jitsu, I was, like, if there was a, if there was a competition that was close by, I was going. Yeah. Uh, but over the last year, obviously, my goals have changed. For sure. Uh, you know, so – you, you like your oldest is what five six, six now six, six now yeah. so how has being a parent how's how's that changed like your your jujitsu life yeah and obviously I know, like i know you got the twins now too that's when i bought that's when i came to the tables when you had the twins yeah so it's, it's just it's it's just less time that's all it is right so it's less time that you can focus to jujitsu and more time you focus to family at that point especially i mean you've met my oldest so my oldest finally got the diagnosis of dyspraxia for because I know you had the guy on recently who has the autistic um, child. Well, that's what we were worried Claire had originally. Um, and it ended up, she just got lumped in with the dyspraxia syndrome. So it's figuring all that stuff out too. But it's it's just, um, it's a lot more of a time sink. So Claire was, was difficult enough. And then once the twins came along, forget it. Anybody who has twins, it's, it's just, it's craziness. It's craziness from day one. So, uh yeah, it's just a lot of work, man. And so, yeah, the jujitsu takes a little bit more of a back burner because it, it maybe when I should be watching some fucking tournament footage, I'm out hanging with my kids and things like that. So, I mean, how is, par- if I had to say anything about parenting, like if I had to describe like what what makes parenting hard, it's just the time. It's it's time management. Hundred percent. That's all it is. Like my life hasn't changed. I would say as dramatic as before I had the uh, my recent kid, right? But it's like I'm still doing jujitsu. I'm still doing the things I want to do, but it's just it's not as much. And I got I got to really watch how my time management is for me to be. You know, like right. Well, because the focus is no longer on on us, right? Like the, right. the always the main focus then at that point is on the kids, essentially. So you just get to spend a little bit less time doing things you want to do. And yeah. well, even though it's fun to hang out with the kids for the most part, anyways, but more more time with the midgets. So yeah, yeah. So you know, are you looking at? Uh, I mean, jujitsu your life, and are you bringing your? Are you going to be bringing your kids into that uh, jujitsu? Like, I mean, it seems like it'd be a so, pretty important thing to you. So here's the deal. Um, because I got involved with jujitsu for different reasons, I don't want my kids to be obsessive about jujitsu like I am at all. Okay. I want to bring my kids in to learn just enough, especially because they're girls, to protect themselves in a situation. But I don't want it to be life-consuming like it is for me. I want them to go out and do other things. I don't want – I'm not a big fan of um, having kids follow in their parents' footsteps kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not living up to that. It just – but my kids are smart. They can go off and be doctors or some shit like that. So Right. But I mean, but there is – because I mean, honestly, I, like I bring my kid to jujitsu every day that I can. <laughs> right. Like my, if if anyone's gonna be your first world champion, it's gonna, be, it's, it's gonna be Theo, the Rat King, fucking Smith. Um, you know, but like, but I mean, like, the, the main reason, like, I I want my kids to learn jujitsu because we live in a like bullying is a real thing, and bullying's not like it used to be. Uh, you know, where someone was bullied me, you know, like one day I, I finally get the courage and I give him a right cross yeah. and I knock him the yeah. fuck out. You know. And that's never happened. I never knocked anyone out of the <laughs> I remember the first time I, I tried to, I tried to, you know, I hate it because they, they make movies where, like, you know, the, the kid finally throws a punch and everybody's dying from that or, punch for the rest or, of yeah, the movie. Or, or, or even worse, like, you have that kid who's getting bullied and he finally decides he's going to stand to the bully. You know, the whole movie's yeah. about him, like, finding courage. And it happened to me one win. time. Yeah, but no, I, I hit the bully and then he beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, I look at my kids now and it's like, 
you know, like us growing up, our parents always, you know, at least mine, my dad was like, defend yourself. And, you know, my dad was a Golden Glove uh, boxer or champ in the state of Georgia. So, you know, he taught me how to throw a jab, taught me how to do a right cross. And that was, you know, if I was ever to get bullied, that was what I was supposed to do. It's different now. Um, and, and it really started when my, I, I see a difference when I was in high school. And it wasn't me, it was my little, my little brother, like some, some guy, and I, I was already gone, but some dude disrespected my sister at the time. And so Chad, my brother had to go out there and like handle business. Well, Chad knocks the kid out. The, the kid hits his head. Has to go to the hospital. And you know, at 16, now my brother's look was looking at like some like federal fucking okay. charges. Yeah, yeah, you know, stuff like that. And and not like that, but now it's like you're not really allowed. Like the schools and, the, and whatever have it to where like you're not really allowed to defend yourself. It's not like it, it used to be back in the day where it's like the double-edged sword. So that that has been a major problem, right? Is so they've made it so good kid. Just like any fucking debate, at the end of the day, good people follow the rules. Bad people do not, right? Exactly. So you've got – there is legitimately kids who get bullied, but they're afraid to retaliate because they have – both kids are going to get suspended for that. And the good kids actually care about getting suspended and getting in trouble for shit like that. Yeah. And not to mention everything's taken to the extreme now, right? So you can bully online where there's no physical presence in that, which is probably where the majority of it happens with kids these days. And then even if it is in person, like we were saying before, just what are you going to do? What are you going to do? If the, the kid fights him, he's suspended too, even if it should have been in his right to just stand up for himself and beat that kid's ass. Yeah, but, but I guess what, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting where, like, when you understand, like, the power of jiu-jitsu and, like, how – because the one thing that I can't teach my kid – and I think, you know, the first thing when, you know, when you're raising a kid, the first thing you should teach them is that you just shouldn't fight. Uh, and for you sure. Let so, you shouldn't let someone egg you to the fight. You know, if someone calls you, you know, a pussy or a piece of shit, like, our, my kid – because the way I'm raising them now, which is totally different than the way I was raised, should be mentally tough, or not mentally tough, but just mentally just smart and logical yeah. enough to realize that who gives a fuck if this kid thinks I'm a pussy? I'm, I'm eight years old. Like, right. I don't give a shit about, you know, like, whatever. Just build your kids to, like, we're at a point where it's like, they're not easily upset or they're not fragile. Sure. Yeah. The, well, the you rule know? for my daughter is if somebody's bugging you, you tell the teacher. If they bug you again, now you have the right to do something. And I don't care what that is. Right, but even so. like telling your kid, telling your kid to tell, like you need to make it to where like it's your your kid's a hundred percent impervious with, to that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. comfortable with, te- with telling the teacher, you know, because back when I was growing up, it was embarrassing to tell the teacher. But yes. that was because that's just the way I was raised. But, like I want to raise my kid to where it's like I don't care what the fuck these kids think about right. me. Like right. I'm going to fucking tell the teacher and <laughs> the teacher handled it. I don't give a shit, you know. Like, I mean, I guess that's the way. The way I really know how to like. You know, if my kids gonna be successful in this life, it's like, because even as adults, like people say shit, and we get just upset for like what a bunch of fucking words or right. sounds that come out of some douchebag's fucking mouth. Like, yeah. like that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna fuck my whole day up. You know, yes, because I it, there's, 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 <laughs> it, it does it does, but like that's just because how things were. Like, I would like I like to make it to where you know my kid now, where it's like he's not easily offended, he's not easily upset, and like. If someone's yeah, well, fucking you don't have the most chill kid I've ever seen in my entire life. So yeah, but he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a fucking quiet assassin though. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but just go back to that school bullying. Like it's like you know, yes, I want my kid to be able to tell the teacher without feeling like he's a pussy. But also, you know, what I love about jujitsu is that you know if he knows jujitsu, he doesn't have to hurt that other kid. No, not at all. Take so him it, down, mount that kid, and that's the end of it. Until finally, like the teacher gets there is. Kids yeah. break it up or whatever. Kids break it up, and then like it's easy for me to defend that when I show up in a class. You know, when I, I got to go to the principal's office and be like, "Well, did my kid punch him? No. Exactly. What did my kid? What, what did my kid do? Oh, he got on top of him, so the other kid couldn't hit him. He closed the distance. He did <laughs> double leg takedown, passed his weak ass guard, and mounted him for, until the teacher showed up. What's what? 
damage. No one's hurt. This kid gets the fucking. <laughs> and then I can tell the teacher, like, you know what my kid could have done? My kid yes. could have, you know, could have put that kid in a fucking cast. But that's that's one thing I love about jujitsu is like, especially for kids, it's like. And we, I saw the video of a kid doing that one time. I, I think he kicked the kid in the stomach first, but still, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's just like it's that's a much better way, in my opinion, to teach your kid to defend themselves than like let's go blow to blow, at, you know, at, at the at the flagpole. You know, it's like no, yes. don't go blow to blow. Don't don't worry about punching this kid. Just worry about trying to defuse the situation as fast and as safely as possible. Yep. So I don't know my kid, as far as I'm concerned, is right now until you know, I actually do quit jujitsu. <laughs> it's you know it's it's to get him into jujitsu and, and and teach him the, and give him the same confidence that jujitsu has given me for sure for sure but yeah so so anything else any other kind of benefits that you can think of or like why should, actually let me tell you like what's the hard because like luckily i was stubborn enough and like hard-headed enough where i didn't quit jujitsu but we but me and you've been training together for four or five years and we've had we've lost more training partners than yes. we've kept like, what are some of the hard things that, or what are some of the advice you can tell someone when we get into jujitsu that's well, going to make them more successful and and, and and keep them for the long run? Because jujitsu should be something that you grow old. Do like, in our opinion, Grant, yes. we're biased. We're biased uh, because we love jujitsu, but it's it's something that like you know honestly, as much as I said I'm going to quit, I'm probably never going to quit. But it's because all my best friends are in jujitsu. Uh, you know, especially with the kid, like I wouldn't have been able to do jujitsu if it wasn't for the people in my jujitsu class who, right. you know, who, who take care of my son when he's crying or whatever and give me the chance to train. But, you know, some of those other people, like what are some of the things that we think of? That so there's keep- a couple of things. I think jujitsu is marketed wrong. So when we go, cause you've heard me say this size matters. I don't know why we keep going with technique matters. Like technique matters if you're going against somebody untrained, but that's not how we market it. And then we we market it as jujitsu is for everyone. Well, at the end of the day, it's fucking not for everybody. Not everybody can handle that grind. And if you don't enjoy the grind, it's not for you, and that's okay. I think the problem is is when people hear me say, "Hey, jujitsu is not for everybody," like it's instant butt hurt. But it's like, listen, I don't want to box. Like it's not for me. Like there's plenty of things that are not for me. So it's okay that jujitsu is not for you. And, and I think that's what happens is. Listen, it's a business. You got to try and get people in the door, right? But if they're coming in like one of these people coming in to only get in shape and they're like, ah, oh, fuck, this this rolling stuff's miserable, but I guess I'll try out class. Class is going to get boring. And you're not going to you're not going to make friends the same way as if you do if you're rolling and you just you won't form that camaraderie or that bond and you're going to you're going to leave cuz jiu-jitsu is not fun. at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy rolling, jiu-jitsu is not fun and it is not for you. And then the same speech that I give everybody new who joins up for the first six months to a year, you're just going to be fucking awful. You're going to come in every day and get your ass kicked because you don't know what you're doing. And that's okay. Somebody new will join up in six months to a year and hopefully you've learned enough to beat them. Like yeah. it's the vicious cycle of jujitsu. Well, so. the, the really, the really, the really is like, it's, you have to, you, you have to trust the process because I don't know how many times I've come to you and cried about, <laughs> you know, getting my fucking ass kicked. You know, like, what am I doing? And like, you know, and like, I, I, I think we're talking about, we talk about probably like once a week, but like, I've been, <laughs> I've been training a Pacific technique with you for almost three years. Yes. Yeah. I, I still fucking suck at it. <laughs> and that's but how jiu-jitsu goes. That's, that's how jiu-jitsu is. Jiu-jitsu is not, you don't get better one night. Like, it's like, I've been, so for anyone who doesn't know what jiu-jitsu, like, there's a top game and there's a bottom game. Bottom game, obviously, being when you're in your back. It's like I've literally been working my bottom game with you for almost the, the same one for almost three years. Yes. It's over and over again. Like it's it's it doesn't come overnight. Like I'm still, 
But I mean, like, the good thing is, though, you know, when I go do these tournaments, the tournaments I've done, or I do go to another school where people don't know me, and, like, you do, you get to see, like, oh, wow, like, I yes. am getting better. Like, it's it's just, it's, it's a slow progress because, for one, I'm an adult in my, yep. in my brain. I'm not a kid, so I'm not retaining information or like <laughs> I used no. to. But, you know, it's like, but if you trust the process, and it, and it goes with anything, you just trust the process, and, and you keep showing up, it's just like, all those weirdo, you know, not weirdo, but all the people like alcohol anonymous. If you keep showing up, yep. and you keep doing, you keep doing the work, and you keep putting the time in. Like, well, and that's the thing; it's t- it's time. And so, like, if you were to, t- so I mean, realistically, two years, you're a ju- you're a black belt in literally any other Americanized martial art, right? It, it, and so, I'm talking; it takes you just a year before you can even beat somebody new coming in. Like, that's a serious time investment. And in this day and age, like, that's just. With the internet and everything like that, like people are not used to that kind of slow grind anymore. No, like it's just. I can't not. Who said it best? I can't who said it best? But it's like, if I, if I, especially like, dude, if I put as much time as I put in jujitsu, as I put in like, if I put that time into like school, I yeah. could be a fucking doctor by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, like anyone who's starting jujitsu, like, like, it needs to really be like emphasized. Like this isn't like. There is no instant gratification. You're not, you're not going to be a hundred times like you don't get up better overnight. Like this is going to, this is going to be a no. lifelong process. And it like, comes in waves. Some week you, you might be freaking killing it, and your timing's on point. Then for no reason that you could think of, the next week you're dog shit, and you're like, God damn it, I hate this. Why do I do this to myself? Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, it's the jujitsu thing. So I hate jujitsu. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about, bud? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna b- do my shameless plug. I got my uh, new website coming out, which is gonna be freaking fantastic at tfsjujitsu.com. Um, it's like everything else, like MG in action or whatever. But at least it's me doing it. And I, like I said before, I'm an arrogant asshole when it comes to that, and I think I do it better than anybody. Right, so what's um, it called again? So, so it'll around. be uh, tfsjujitsu.com, and it'll be a two-tiered kind of thing. Um, for just my content, it'll be five ninety-nine a month, and then we'll have some of the other local instructors like Tamden and Martindale and some of the guys from school. Um, they'll do stuff on there, and it might bump the price to like ten ninety-nine a month or something like that. I haven't decided yet. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the beast on there. So All excited right. about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I- I'm, probably this- not, I- I'm probably not going to buy into it. <laughs> Of course not. Of course not. I mean, you're gonna get it eventually, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just like in your video. It's like, it's like, no, I've been paying you private for for, for four or five years now. Like, I, I'm not paying no more shit. I'm just not doing it, bro. I'll like, get uh, you. Get I know. I'll give will. you. I'll give you a lure with it or something. And I got the surgery coming up. That's the only other thing is I'm gonna be going bonkers for the next six months, not being able to roll and watching you guys just, just mess everything up. I hope that's an, I hope that's next, next, enough time for me to like hit that switch. You know, because everyone talks about like there's gonna be this time in your jujitsu where like it all makes sense and it doesn't make sense to me. But I hope in the next six months it makes sense to me and you come back out of shape. Oh, and... dude, you guys are all gonna be coming after me. I can't wait. <laughs> assholes. <laughs> all right, Ben. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I've been wanting to get you on here for a while now, and uh, it yeah. definitely was a good show. So uh, I guess I'll see you tomorrow at noon. Yeah, buddy. The last last uh, trading session in. All right, bud. All right, thanks for being on. Hey, thanks, Josh.